Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Well, here we are. It's uh, another Painting of the Week. And uh, welcome. I'm Phil. Oh, and I'm Laura. <laughs> this week, we are going to talk about L.S. Lowry's Going to the Match, or as Laura thinks it should be called. <laughs> Go in the match. Go in the match. Go in the match. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like going to the match. No, that's not what you'd say. You wouldn't. You wouldn't not, say not it, but it is, I think it is the title, in fairness. So, um, very good choice, I think, that uh, you've made this week is your idea. Um, Actually, can I say, it's our... The person who does the editing of the podcast, it was his mum's idea, John. Was it? Because she loves Lowry. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, well done, Joe. Mm -hmm. So, Lawrence Stephen Lowry, L.S. Lowry. Um, a couple of years ago, I had a very nice trip up to Manchester with a very good friend of mine. And we were going to see a football match, funny enough. Uh, but in the afternoon... He suggested we went to the Lowry Museum, and if I have to say, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's very close to Manchester United Stadium, uh, and where the you know the BBC is now. And um, so you get on the tram, and off you go. Very easy to get to. Lovely, lovely museum. The artwork is just fantastic. Okay, and of course, this painting is immediately definable as a Lowry, but there's a lot more to Lowry than this style of painting. Um, but, you know, I'm a big fan, and I'm an even bigger fan having been to his museum. So if anyone's in Manchester, I thoroughly, thoroughly... Uh, well, the majority of your paintings there? The paintings there? There's an awful lot there. Mm. Um, it's interesting because he was born in Stretford, mm. uh, which is that side of Manchester, but um, chose to support Manchester City. Oh, that's handy for you. Well, I mean, Manchester City <laughs> are clearly one of the greatest football teams <laughs> that have ever been. I and wonder when you were going to bring that up. All credit to him for, for, <laughs> for, picking you know, them. for making that choice. Um, I mean, <laughs> I can... I'm losing gain audience now. No, you know no, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> equitable, equitable about this. I mean, I can understand why some might choose United, but... Mm -hmm. Certainly, if you've got any sense of colour, <laughs> history, style, okay. then you're going to go for the, the... I mean, actually, the only real team in Manchester, because I think Stretford doesn't even really count as... I mean, Stretford's Stretford and Manchester's Manchester. Anyway, we won't get into football, except to say that Larry was a, a fan of football um, and sport generally. He was a, a supporter of Manchester City. Um, for me these have a little bit of extra resonance because there were a few years when I, a few of my, a few of my childhood years were lived in Macclesfield. Yeah. Macclesfield is just south of Manchester mm -hmm. and is known more for its production of silk, but still it's one of those kind of central English mill towns. And it is still true to this day. In fact, I'm driving up to Manchester uh, tomorrow, funnily enough. Mm. It is still true, broadly speaking, that when you get north of Birmingham, 
you start to see the, the grey clouds and the mist and the rain. For, for various geological reasons, geographic reasons, that part of our country is wetter. It's wet, it's damp, it's misty, it's moist, which is why so many of these mills were there. Yeah, okay. And so it became a centre of the production of cotton, and in Macclesfield's case, silk, which was exported all around the world, made an absolute fortune. The mills must have been pretty horrific to live in. Now, of course, these mills are being converted into yeah. fancy flats yeah. and who knows what. And they actually are quite nice looking. I love the buildings. Yeah, they're beautiful buildings. Yeah, they are. No, they're really cool. Um, and um, But there is something about that history that is you know, fascinating and you know, one must never forget that the the, you know the difficulties and the pain and the uncomfort. You know the discomfort, worse than that, that many of the employees must have felt. But it's still a fascinating time in our history. And Manchester has a very distinct quality to it. I think um, it's it always fascinates me in this country just how varied our cities are. Um, I think there are other countries you can go to where there seems to be less distinction between a. One main city, you know, one capital, yeah. one city and another. But here, yeah. you know, Liverpool and Manchester are so different. Stoke and Sheffield are different, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So Brighton is different. Different to Worthing, <laughs> to, to Portsmouth. To, so, you know, these are very much of his environment, of Manchester, of this period, which is what, the 1930s. Um, and... Uh, yeah, see, Brighton didn't have a... Like an industrial, no, it's nothing really. No, the only thing we had was the Kayser Bonder factory <laughs> where my auntie Brenda used to work. Where's that out by uh, in Southwick, right. opposite the power station? So, what do they make? They did make slips, stockings, nylons, underwear. Oh, right, my okay. auntie Brenda used to work there. Huh. I was actually born opposite a power station, funny enough. So that was it. Was called Seaview Estate, but you couldn't see the sea because <laughs> the power station. It was right in the way. Right. That was where I was. So I kind of <clears throat> have a little bit of a, a little bit of an idea because yeah. I used to love that power station with the bricks, yeah. and now it's not got those anymore, which is a shame. But anyway, yeah. So we didn't have any of this at all. Now, see, a part of me would love still to live within walking distance of. A football stadium. It's in the city. Yeah. Um, so now in Brighton, of course, you know our, our stadium, which was right in the heart of the city, is now on you know the foot of the downs. Yeah. So many, so many stadiums. I think black. You know, well, as many that have been destroyed because they were too small or for whatever reason, and now they're on the on the outskirts. I. It would be a dream of mine, which will never be realised, that. You just get up in the morning and you just walk down a few streets and there you are going into the football stadium that, you know. I used to live right next door to Millwall. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which has its ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> but that was when we used to live in New Cross. So you you should get one in a little apartment right next to uh, Man City then. Uh, I don't think there are any apartments next door. I mean, the new Man City is, I mean, they've done an amazing job and mm. it was pretty derelict land that they've, Transformed well, stadium was transformed before Manchester City got hold of it. But I mean, since then they've built a whole training area. And mm. It's amazing what they've done out there. Yeah, 
I haven't been to many football matches, only one. West, well, what couple, but in West Bromwich, uh, West Brom, okay. West Bromwich Albion. Joe, she made us a cob, cheese and onion cob. You so you're not, you're not allowed to take food into stadiums anymore. So oh. Unless you hide. Oh, no, because you have to, oh, you have to hide it. Um, mm. Mm. Anyway, so. It's disappointing. Now, the other thing about this painting, which is so interesting, of course, is that it was um, sold for, was it five and a half, five point six million pounds? Um, and there's another one, which I know the FA, Football Association, bought a slightly different picture of, but again, of football, I think they bought that for just short of two million pounds. Wow. I mean, Larry would be absolutely staggered. Yes. Um, and um, there was quite a decent film made about Lowry and his relationship with his mother. And, oh, yeah. You know, he kind of battled away to to be this painter. And now I think we can safely say he's one of the great, you know, great recent British artists. No question about it's it. It's quite sad, isn't it? Because I don't think she ever really... Appreciated No. Her. No. And then he cared for her at the end. Yeah. Mm. It's funny how that kind of goes. I wonder if, uh, so I wonder if they kind of made some peace at the end. Who knows? These paintings are quite comforting, aren't they? They're not, there's no, there's so, there's like real charm about them. Not like anyone's having a sort of a argument or anything. They're just all pottering along. I think what's interesting about them, and I think he talks about this somewhere, is that, you know, he, he's quite, possible and plausible to live in this neck of the woods and actually find it all a bit miserable mm. and maybe a little bit less now depending on your economic state of affairs but in the past 1910 1920 you know tough first yeah. world war tough yeah. area and he used to say he detested it and the, you know the smell of the mills and the noise and the so on and so forth but then he stopped and he looked, and this is what we've talked about in just about every painting of the week, this thing about stopping and looking. And I think the story with him is that he was he missed a train or something, and he just stopped and looked at all these people. So they're wonderful observations. And in some ways, you, you, you have to look quite hard to, to know whether he's trying to pass comment upon it or he's just trying to capture it. And there's a little bit more of the latter, isn't there? Yeah. So he's not necessarily trying to say how miserable it is, or, or the opposite. You know, what, what, you know how wonderful it is just capturing uh, these groups of people. In this case, all kind of getting together and going to the into the football match. What strikes me about this football match is that you know it's absolutely random. Yeah. You know, you can see the stadium is completely full. And uh, and I love their outfits. Yeah, I've actually got a photo of my granddad. Uh, I wish I'd found it now. In a football match, probably at the Albion, and uh, they but they all wear those coats and a lovely hat. All wear hats. It's so cute. There's not a person there, is there? No, it hasn't got. And it's just so lovely that they all. I don't know if they're sort of dressed up, but it's not. You know, it's just so. I just love them. And again, it's one of those things, isn't it, where on the one hand, it's not realistic. I mean, you don't see, I mean, I think it's unfair to call them matchsticks men, matchstick men and women, but, you, you know, they are depicted in a certain style, which is 
not realistic. If you saw that out in the street, you yeah. think something strange is going on. But on the other hand, it is totally realistic. It is. And the way he's got them all leaning forwards, so they've all got movement, they've all got they've all determined, they're all heading in a certain direction. There's so much movement and energy. And you've got dogs and you've got kids and you've got older people with their canes and you've got younger people being dragged along with their dads, yeah. whatever. Um, but there's no shadow at all on any of the people. That's true. Otherwise, I suppose... Mind you, there's no sun in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You might call me that. <laughs> well, I was there for six years and I'm trying to think of... Well, obviously, the word days not sunny, but I mean, it does rain a lot. Of course, it was. It does rain a lot. So, I guess maybe this is just one of those. For me, it feels like one of those November days, which is just grey. If you'd have put those a shadow in, it would have been messy anyway, wouldn't it? It would have been. It would have been very messy. Mm. So, yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't noticed that. No shadow. Yeah. None at all. But he only did. I read somewhere that he only actually used five colours. Or five, if you could, some people don't class black and white as a colour, do they? But in this painting or in any painting? Well, he said in all of them. He said he used uh, black, white, Prussian blue, vermilion red, and yellow ochre. Okay. And that's, may, I think, maybe because he couldn't have afforded much more. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. But I don't know. You've been to the museum. Well, I can't remember that detail no. of it. I mean, there's certainly a, a unity of style on, on, on this type of painting. And the colours. And the colours. I mean, there is a, there are, they are kind of muted, but again, this is not the south of France. You know, this no. is northern, not, even, not just northern Europe, it's northern Britain. Mm. And the light is different, the colours are different, so it is kind of muted. Yeah. Um, there's a few bits of colour where people have tried with an orange coat or a blue jacket, but lady with a tiny red hat yeah. at the bottom. But, you know, I, I, I remember arriving in Lagos in Nigeria, and your sort of colour, oh, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be more different. <laughs> well, certainly <laughs> Manchester 80, 90 years ago. Um, and again, it's one of those things that makes a great artist, isn't it? But you can, you can see this, if, even if we didn't know this was by Lowry, we would see it and say that's by Lowry. Yeah. Who was that guy the, only the other day? Oh, they found all... He had hundreds of his paintings were found, uh, all gone already. Eric Tucker. Eric Tucker. And it was in the Times on August 1st, the lovely article about him. 2021. Mm. I mean, I, I did read that article, and actually I'd have... If I'd have afforded it, I'd have taken any of those paintings. They were, they were lovely. But People they, should definitely have a look at those if they can, because... Eric Tucker. Yeah. But aren't they calling him, like, um, the mini the Lowry? Secret Lowry. The secret Lowry. Because he's similar. He didn't marry. He, he lived alone. Well, I'm sure he's got other family. But, uh, yeah. And um, he, a lot of his paintings are just perfect when you're sitting in the pub having a little pint. I mean, that's kind of what the whole thing is. That's why maybe everyone does look happy. Mine, you know, my nan was really happy if she got to the pub and... Mm. Had a little bit, had a Wait, pint and a half of Guinness. I think the thing about this is that these people have probably worked six and a half days. Mm. So it's two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Because yeah. all football used to be three o'clock on a Saturday mm -hmm. until football took over and it became Friday nights and Sunday afternoons. Yeah. And who knows where else? Three o'clock, Saturday afternoon, meet your mates in the pub. Yeah. 
maybe at one o'clock, walk to the game, watch the game, home by six for tea. Exactly. Uh, Sunday, Sunday morning is church, Sunday afternoon, maybe you go for a walk with the family, whatever. And have a nice roast, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Um, but he loved these kind of, I mean, you just can imagine him, can't you? Very clever to do this because he's got to have a sense of what the whole picture is before he starts. You know, you've got to, you've got to, I don't know whether he would plot this out, but um, where you start on something like this, I guess you start with a sense of where the actual stadium is. Yeah. And actually, it's slightly, I mean, the scale isn't quite right at that stand, to be honest. But, um, in my opinion. <laughs> but, um, well, the people almost look too small. Yeah. Almost looks too far away. And the ones in the distance. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it's almost like they're a mile away. Mm -hmm. But still, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, he must have had a. When you look at some of the other ones, there's one where you're looking over some houses, I can't remember the name, but you're looking over some buildings, some houses into a park, and it's absolutely full of hundreds and hundreds of people. Yes. And you can see the swings, and so and then yeah. behind that, there's more buildings, the church, and the mills. and Quite extraordinary paintings. Was he quite lonely in his life? I mean, he, he had that thing going with his mother and never feeling oh, he'd achieved anything or appreciated, maybe. Something and, and surrounding yourself with people or observing people and surrounding yourself with them as such. Quite interesting. Once in his later life, though, didn't they weren't quite like that, were they? The paintings as he got as he really got older, he kind of got this. That's the ones a bit more remote, so didn't have quite so many people. Uh, it makes you wonder if he wanted to have more people in his life. Hence the fact he painted so many. The sense of him, isn't it? The sense of him is that he was a bit of a loner. Mm. He was kind of responsible for looking after his mother. It was a very mm. difficult character. Mm. Um, lived in the same house. Yeah. Um, didn't really want to be part of the establishment. I think he rejected honours a number of times. He did. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yet, it looks like when you look at his paintings, he wanted to be surrounded by people. They are. They're fascinating. And a lot of people really love them. As a as a photographer, sometimes the great thing about taking pictures as a photographer is that you feel like you are observing a scene whilst not being part of it. Mm -hmm. And actually sometimes it gives you great courage or what others might consider to be courage. I mean, I've walked into scenes like in Afghanistan, I've walked into environments confident because I've got this camera in front of me so that I'm detached. Yeah. From what, I mean, my, I'm, I'm alert to what's happening, but I'm also detached from it. And then you can zoom in on, on you know, you can get close to people. You can actually zoom in on people. So you're, it's that it's slightly voyeuristic, curious, interested. And I think that's reflected in how Larry is painting too. Yeah. You're that's right. Good. On the one hand, while he is a loner himself, mm. I think he is fascinated by people. I mean, I think... Maybe he wanted to be part of one of those groups. Maybe he was. 
I mean, he must have had friends. You know, although he doesn't say it a lot, he just says it, especially when he was looking after his mother, because he just painted after 11 o'clock once she'd settled down yeah. to bed. I mean, that's tough. I think also that he, he resented the fact that his pictures weren't, I mean, this is always the case with artists, yeah. it's all about respect. Mm. So he wasn't respected by the mother, but he also wanted to be, to be respected by the art establishment. Yeah. I don't think that happened until too late. I think that bothered him too. Um, I read that once he died, the Royal Academy had an exhibition, and it's still one of the really? top exhibitions that they had. Remember the song? The match talk. Oh. I literally sang it all week. <laughs> the match talk, man. Oh, matchstick right. match men. No, they say matchstalk. Matchstalk men. It's really, really yeah, yeah. I'm not even huh. quite sure why they did that. Maybe they could tell us, Brian and Michael. It was on my brain all week. 1978, top of the pops. There they were. They were 19 weeks at number one with it. Really? Yeah. And that's about Larry, is it? Yeah. Oh, me, you do know it. I, uh, I'm trying to encourage well. to see it. <laughs> I, get, I get it in my head. You know that I nearly will. <laughs> but it's like, it is funny because it's called Match Stalk. Cats and dogs, Match Stalk Men, which I even looked that up, but I thought, well, maybe it rhymed really well, but mm, I think they could have used Match Stick. But, mm. Anyway, there's 19 weeks at number one. No one cares, do they? And they obviously do with it. <laughs> I, I think that he, um, I think we have to be careful not to exaggerate the sense of him being alone now. Okay. I think he had friends. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, I know for sure he loved going to see Man City. And okay, when I go to a football match, there are people around you chattering away, and other people who sit in silence, which I actually find rather strange. But mm-hmm. I suspect he was chattering, chattering away. Yeah. Um, we'll be careful, haven't we, not to try and oh. pigeonhole the artist mm. without really knowing what. Mm, that's true. I mean, he made some money, I and mean, he wasn't like nobody was buying his paintings. And he became okay. official artist. Um, let me do the Queen. I mean, fifty-three. Oh, okay. He becomes an official artist, Queen. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's oh, so yeah. He wasn't discriminated against no. being a Mancunian. No. Um, hmm. Loads of people. Loads of great bands from Manchester. So. Perfect for him. Yeah, he did actually get really, uh, a really, had got really friendly with a, go- uh, a girl who ended up sort of becoming one of his best friends, and her surname was Lowry, but they weren't related. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think her name was, uh, I think it was Carol Ann Lowry, but she just asked him one day. I probably got this wrong, of course. I'm sure everyone has had. Just to, she wanted to sort of, you know, come and spend some time with him as an artist and they were really good friends and I mm. believe he left everything to her when, when, when he died. Right. Mm. But they weren't related. So he did have friends. They also found, when he died, they also found a lot of paintings mm. that took people by surprise. For example, unpopulated landscapes. There we go. Um, and, you know, so again, we've got to be careful not to pigeonhole him. Oh, actually, this is why it's good to go to the museum because there's, there's more than just these quote unquote matchstick men uh, <laughs> paintings. Um, these are obviously the ones that have become very popular. But um, 
he was actually quite prolific. And uh, I think I like his people on this. I do. I do. I love the crowds. They are really. I love them. I know it's Bruce C, but I do like the little feet on their shoes. There's some slightly out of proportion, but I quite like them. So let's have a look at this picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, your brother, he also, he also I remember, from, so I just remember from the Larry Museum, there's a lot of portraits too, which are quite powerful. Self-portraits? Or of Both, actually. Yeah, okay. Um, so once again, we need to go to, Le- we need to, go to Manchester. Well, no. What You're we going need- tomorrow. Well, actually, what we need to do is we need to go on to the seventh-art.com website. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and have a look at this picture in more detail. More detail, because we're, we're really close up now. Have a closer look. And then go to Manchester. Because you feel like you've seen it a million times. Mm. Well, let's see what we see for the first time. So, they're the old-style old turnstiles, and there's still some some plenty of uh, football stadiums which still have that kind of thing. Um queuing up again nothing much has changed there except these days yeah. they're a bit more restrictive about what you can and can't bring into the stadium yeah, can't take your own food not quite sure what the dogs are going to do not sure they'd be allowed in no uh, a lot of older people mm. these days a lot of youngsters a lot of youngsters wearing the team shirt mm. actually definitely wearing team shirts yeah, no team shirts not at all there's one chappy down there who's got a blue top on which I don't know could that, could that be a Man City shirt? Bottom right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know that this is a Man City game. I did try to read, but I couldn't find, so I'm sure someone can tell us. In actual fact, I thought there was three going match paintings. So, yeah, I, I have tried to look, but I couldn't find it, of which match it was about. But it is funny to see, isn't it, that there's no football shirts. So at the time, people wouldn't, Look how much they charge for a football shirt now. Oh, so like you say, you'd be happy just to be going to the match and then to the pub and taking your own sandwiches because it always makes cheaper. Or oh, cobs. I keep saying that for Joe because she makes the best cob. The cobs are always a sandwich, is it? It's a roll. It's just a cheese and uh, onion roll. Okay. But when you're eating it at the match, it tastes so different. Nothing better. It, why is it about I things? Know, though? I know. It's so funny. So there's a few women going. Yeah. In fact, it's quite a lot when you look closely. There is. Almost, I'm sure they're not wearing clogs, but they almost look like some of these people are wearing clogs. Probably just kind of big, big working boots. I love the kind of, uh, the, the whole curve of the body. Yeah. You just, you can't look at those people and think that they're static. No. They're just on their way, mm-hmm. heads down, it's probably got yeah. a, bit of a bit of a breeze, hands in pockets. Yeah. Fighting their way in and hoping to see some you know, good football. You could hear, you, know, you could hear the noise of them chattering. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. It's, it feels like a really peaceful scene, even though it's not. In the background, in the background, you've got a huge. I mean, this this city, I mean, city's like it was so polluted. Mm. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it doesn't really compare. But when I went to Berlin as a kid in the in late. Um, 70s the first thing you'd notice when you got off the plane was the smell of the coal in there and it was there the whole time right right. And that's you know that's yeah, the yeah. 70s it's funny actually that group of houses on the right that's they're just sort of 
There's no street. There's no yeah. road. It doesn't seem entirely realistic, does it? No. The main road towards mm. the Man City Stadium, I mean, you know, buildings are right up alongside, like, you know, like Everton or Palace or wherever, you know, or like Brighton used to be, you know. Yeah. The houses are right. Oh, yeah. Alongside. You that overlooks, like, I'm in position. But that's all, yeah, it's all gone down. So the only one I, yeah, I, have, I don't think I ever went to the um, to the Goldstone ground when it was down at uh, Ho, near Hope Park, but my dad did, and uh, and I've only I've only been to the new ground. But I haven't really been there at all, but there was a gig there, so yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think he's painting painting from memory. He used to go out and sketch, so he might have sketched somewhere. He's making things up. I mean. He's just composing the painting as he best sees fit. And they've all got that, with a the, with the group of people, there's always that sort of forward directional flow. Yeah. Even in those other ones, they're all heading somewhere. Not sort of standing about so much. I also think, I mean, I couldn't quite work out quite what, how it's organised, but I mean, this is a guy that studied art. He's, mm. no, he's no fool. So his, his decision when to put people in colour, I don't think it's random. Uh, you know, he's got some reds going through and these kind of the vermilions going through yeah. and the blues. Again, he's doing it for a reason because he could have done more just, just in black. Yeah. Um, so he's breaking it up, isn't he? And he's kind of, he's Most kind of, of the punctuating it. Are in, the, in the yellow ochre, Yeah, they sure. are. It's lovely. Yeah. They look more like they're going to church, don't they? Maybe they're leaving... <laughs> Maybe they're leaving going somewhere else. <laughs> I so doubt I, it. <laughs> so a lovely quote, Larry. If people call me a Sunday painter, I'm a Sunday painter who paints every day of the week. Oh, that is lovely. I like that. Mm. Oh, yes, because he, he didn't collect people's rents. So, oh, yes. And he wandered the streets all the time and he loved it. That's right. He did it for 40 years, I think. And so he sort of said, well, no one's kind of in a rush to pay the rent. So he kind of just wandered about and turned up when he did. In the hmm. meantime, yeah, painting right. and drawing. Perfect. Well, this reveals something of his character. He's yeah. not chasing people down. I mean, he was... He did hundreds of paintings, thousands of drawings. I mean, he was... Mm. Prolific. Obviously, completely passionate. Mm. Yeah. So, it's a shame he's not here now. Would you have it in your front room? Yes. Yeah, you too. Mm. And I know a lot of people that have got Lowry paintings, it's quite nice. Matt's dad's got one actually in his lounge. Huh. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't, I've never, I actually not, I haven't noticed it really before. But yeah, so I saw that the other day. Actually, I think we had a, you know, a print that my parents had bought in some museum somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, now I think about it. I've got to go find them. I haven't got one at all. I never paid any attention to the artwork on my parents' walls. <laughs> but it's funny now that, well, you know. No, I think back, or I mean, yeah, I never got rid of any of it, so I mean, I've come across it recently, and uh, yeah, it's quite interesting to see what they had a Monet. Yeah, we never talked about art really, but there's a Monet, there's definitely, definitely Larry, yeah, it wasn't this one. Um, so Sarah, that I talked about before, yeah, it's uh, funny you say that because I haven't paid any attention to my mum. Well, I thought it happened until we talked recently, and I always say about to lose the trick. 
<laughs> every time. Because my mum must, she must have loved him. She had loads of his ever. Oh, really? Yeah. And the only other one was Renoir. Huh. So, that I can remember. So, yeah. Actually, I wonder when I start thinking about what paintings people had on their walls of power prints, like you say, when they were children now. But definitely sort of influence. It has to. It's a huge decision, isn't it, what you put on your walls? And I know, I know people. <laughs> but I know people who do all sorts of different things. I know a couple who have nothing, who just prefer to have white walls. Really? And then I know people who have, you know, they can't. They just do a lot of the space. Yeah. Um, somewhere there's it's kind of thematic in some way. Somewhere it seems very random. Um, some with lots of photographs, some very few family photographs, some that actually say people aren't interested in looking at my family, others that don't take that into account. I mean, it's just a very personal thing. I know one person who basically online just bought a, lo- <laughs> a load of impressionist prints as a way of decorating their house. That's funny, isn't it? Um, when the kids were younger, I used to, they used to come in and I used to just stick them straight up, depending uh, on where I was standing. Oh, really? <laughs> I just used to have loads and loads and loads of them stuck everywhere. Uh, I had to do that horrible thing of having a bit of salt out. Which oh, I, I, I hated. I hated. Oh, we've got big scrapbooks. Mm. Um, I think the slightly oddest one is that I've got a friend of mine who's who along the way has collected quite a lot of contemporary art. Okay. And I'm sure it's all very valuable. Right. But uh, it doesn't all look great <laughs> <laughs> so, to be stuck on your wall <laughs> moving on suppose that person want to be a friend of yours for a long <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they'll be listening to the podcast I think we're safe oh, you know. but, it's a, but it's a very personal thing and um, yeah you should go and find your mum and dad's print now see if you can I think they're lovely I really do really charming they make me want to go and put the kettle on have a cup of tea. I know I say this quite a lot because I always talk about my nan and granddad and stuff. I think, yeah. I think what it should do mm. is one, don't entirely believe the feature film and, yes. the way it, and the way it portrays Larry, although it's, it's an interesting film to watch. Mm-hmm. I think actually, and again, I think paintings in themselves reveal this. I think he wasn't, I think he was more gregarious and, and willing to have a chat. Yeah. You know, yes, he's an observer, but I'm sure that when he went to the football match, he's, he's got his group of friends around him and he's been chatting about that game. And, um, and also, yeah, I think he, he definitely had bad days, but he must have been, I think he looks quite content. Do you think so? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, so. we always to make everything up anyway, but I don't mm-hmm. know. But the other thing is, mm-hmm. 100%, uh, if you have any interest in Larry, in fact, if you have any interest in art, mm-hmm. next time you leave Manchester, go to mm-hmm. the Larry Museum. It is. So I was really knocked out by it. Okay. And again, it's well worth just seeing that, not only seeing these kind of paintings up close. Yeah. Because actually when you see them up close, it's the detail and the time and the observational powers, but actually seeing all the other art you did too. Um, and, and then nip, get on the tram, nip across town, go to the Etihad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do some classy football. Well, you can do that. I'll and, definitely go uh, shopping. Good day out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Manchester tomorrow. All right, we're off. Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast. For more information, please visit our website, 
at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com. See you next time.